0: Thanks for joining us once again here at NapaBroadcasting.com. We're into 2016, and the one thing we're sure of in 2016 is it's a political season. It's an election year, certainly nationally, as we've all probably heard far too much of already. But it's also an important election year locally, as we have a number of local races that we're going to be talking about over the next several months. One of them is for the Napa County Board of Supervisors, District 2, the seat that is currently occupied by Napa County Supervisor Mark Luce, a seat which he has held for 20 years. And it is my pleasure, as always, to have Mark Luce here in the studio with us. Mark, thanks so much for coming in.
1: Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
0: 20 years is a long time.
1: Uh, It seems to go by awfully fast, doesn't it? It, Yes. Uh it,
0: It does indeed a little bit about the fact that you, you've been on the board 20 years. What keeps it fun? What keeps it interesting for you? Because I think we all know, no matter what we've done in life, great jobs, not so great jobs, after a while, it's like, gee, it might be fun to do something new. Yeah.
1: Well, this job has the same title from year to year, but every year it's a new job. Uh, the The things that we deal with are rarely the same and uh and and the roles that we play uh change as well. So uh for instance, I'm now on the MTC commission. Uh, I it took uh, Bill Dodd's place on that. I had been an ABAG appointee, but now as a Napa County uh representative, I'm on the allocation committee. So it's it's sort of a new world in terms of dealing with transportation at a regional level. Uh uh, you know, continuing to work for Napa County to protect our interests so that we don't get the regional uh, and external influences uh, deciding how we're going to make decisions. So that's just one example that's happened this past year, uh, you know, dealing with the issues that are before us. The Vine Trail was never before us, it's here before us today, uh, looking at the uh, the issue of uh, growth in our ag preserve—we've been very successful. That's great, but what do the next twenty-five years look like? So that's a whole new discussion that wasn't there before. And so, so those are just a few examples of how this job is not the same as it was a few years ago. So,
0: in thinking about that, and in dealing with some of these issues, and we're certainly going to talk about some of them. Talk about the danger, and I see this a lot in in organizations that have a lot of institutional history that there tends to be a reaction sometimes to say in dealing with a current issue, well, you know, in the past we did it this way or in the past we looked at it this way. Sometimes that's relevant and sometimes that institutional memory is fantastic and sometimes not so much. Sometimes that fresh perspective and looking at it from the point of view of, you know, where are we in the 21st century? Where yeah. are we in 2016? And maybe it does require a fresh look. Talk about that balance.
1: Um One, I would say in government, you've always got input into the process, Uh, so uh, we're decision makers, but we have public hearings, and so it's unlike perhaps other institutions where they can become very isolated and have done it this way all the time, and and so uh, so I I don't think government is as susceptible, at least, uh, to that kind of uh, thinking, because we're constantly getting new perspectives uh, from the community. And I I think, uh, again, this uh, discussion we've had recently around the Ag Preserve, and, um, you know, we we heard a lot about the need to uh, maintain the ability of new entrepreneurs to enter the market, um, and so, and, and actually a lot about how much overregulation that perhaps we have and how some of the things we've done in the past haven't worked. So those weren't necessarily the things that we expected to hear when we entered this discussion, but we certainly have that fresh perspective and uh, we're making decisions accordingly.
0: The other side of the coin is the way in which your views have changed over time. I mean, I don't think any of us, if if we're honest and if we're open-minded and, and, and curious, have the same views about things that we had 20 years ago, certainly circumstances change, things change, and certainly that's been an issue with respect to to you on the board right. for all these years. You've changed a lot of your positions
1: on things. Yeah, I, I don't know how many positions I've changed, but I think uh, my um, the understanding of myself has crystallized over time, uh, There's and maybe there's some things I just have let go of because I realize they're either not relevant or they're counterproductive in terms of uh, accomplishing my primary goals. And and I've just come to realize over time, my, my primary goal is is to work for all people, uh, disadvantaged and otherwise, that, that I can see them become everything that they can be, that, that, that there's a hope and a future for, for them and, and the future generations, uh, regardless of whether they like me, regardless of whether they're the same skin color, the same language, or even the same religion, and, and or the same political registration. So, um, you know, and I hope that nobody feels that they can't talk to me because of any of those issues, because uh, it's my interest to, to see that everybody um, is heard and, and that their interests are addressed to the degree that we can as we balance the, the, the needs of the entire community uh, with those of the individual. Um, I'm a constitutionalist. I believe once the uh, Constitution has uh, stated or been settled through courts that this is the way things are, then it's my job to uphold it. That's what I do when I take office, and so I'll, I'll just continue to do that. Uh, there are a lot of decisions over these last that decade that I didn't necessarily agree with, but they're now pretty much constitutionally settled, and it's my job to to uphold it. Um, and finally, I, you know, I realize my boundaries are Napa County. You know, they're they're not state office, they're not federal office, they're not even the city city office, or even the school district. There's a lot of things that other people do, and it's I'm great. I'm glad they do that, and we need to interact. But we need to interact in my case, on um, things that affect Napa County. And so uh, so my boundaries are pretty well defined. I understand what a county supervisor does. Uh, I understand how that's important to advance the interests of our entire community. Um, and uh, so I think as over time, some of the political interests that perhaps weren't Napa County interests, uh, other issues just... You know, you learn that they're just not relevant to getting your job done, and you just need to let them go because you need to work with people who who may not agree with you on issues that simply aren't relevant. And so you need to put them aside and move forward.
0: How does that relate to the issue of political registration? That's been an issue that that has come up for you. And even though it's it's easy to say, and and I've said it and, and often say it that a lot of those political issues don't have anything to do with some of the issues that we're facing in Napa County. I've been out with people when they've been campaigning and even knocking on doors. And many times, particularly, I remember a case, somebody that was running for city council, first question they were asked at the door, you're Republican or a Democrat? Yes. And they would explain, well, no, I'm running for city council. It's a nonpartisan office. Well, you're a Republican or Democrat? That does come up.
1: Well, and that's that's been part of my journey. Uh, I think uh, originally I was just a registered Republican because uh, my wife and I got our registration cards, and I think she registered as a Democrat. I registered as a Republican, so we had all bases covered, and that was kind of the extent of our thinking at the time. Uh, When I first was elected to office, I happened to be a registered Republican and found myself embraced by the Republican Party. And and I agree with a lot of their issues about uh, um, self-determination, trying to minimize the role of government to the degree that that's possible. Um, So there's a lot of things that I I agreed on. Um, But over time, again, the the job of county supervisor is not at all partisan. There's really nothing about it that's partisan. And uh, I work with... uh, Democrats, Republicans, uh, I don't generally know what people's registrations are when, when I'm working with them. And so, and the issues that I've advocated, like the Work Proximity Housing Program, the Green Business Program, uh, funding of our nonprofits, actually, you know, are not welcomed in the Republican Party, (laughs) and those are things I have really cared about because they've made a meaningful difference in our community. So it's just sort of occurred to me that maybe I should just be uh, declined to state. So I have been for the last uh, four or five or six years, uh, just simply declined to state. But as you mentioned, as you go door to door and knock on doors, it does matter to people uh, when you work with labor, which I intend to do better in these coming years, because I think uh, the the needs of the middle class are really have come to the forefront uh, as a significant issue, and I think labor is an important part of that story. But they also, if you're not, if you don't have a D after your name, you're you're just not kind of taken seriously, and so. So as you mentioned, well, it really is not a factor in me doing my job. It is nonetheless a factor in other people's perspectives and the perspectives of people who I want to work with to accomplish goals. So I look at it as building. Why did I become a registered Democrat? Uh, if nobody knew that um, is because I want to build bridges. And and just the other night we were at a, the watching uh, the uh, debates on the Democratic Party, and I met some of the some of the I guess central committee members of the Democratic Party and somebody was one of their key issues was housing i said well have you heard about our work proximity housing program well no i haven't well we need to talk about that it's just good and i feel now i can talk to you it's like <laughs> you didn't feel that before but but that is the perspective if you're one of them then we can't talk to you and and i just and i'm hoping to break down those barriers in, in some areas that that perhaps i've not been um felt that i was part of their team I, i'd like to think that we're all part of the same team we're all napa citizens
0: As we look at those issues, and you look at the issues that you're dealing with right now, day in and day out, with respect to wineries and what's going on here in Napa County, talk a little bit about the degree to which you see similarities or differences between some of the issues that are being debated nationally in terms of the middle class and and wealth and disparity in incomes and all of that, and how that is part of what we're seeing in some ways in Napa County today in debates about the wineries and people that own the wineries, because there really does seem to be, and and, and I know some people deny this, but but I would make the case that I see a lot of it, a real issue of kind of class warfare going on with respect to some of these winery issues. In years past, not, not to filibuster on this, but in years past, and, and we've you know talked about a lot of these issues over the years, the last go-round with the Hillside Ordinance and the View Shed, and, it was really, they were environmental issues. They were issues between environmentalists and the wineries, and regardless of the side that you were on, you had to respect the people that were on the environmentalist side. Even right. if you were like me and disagreed with them about a lot of things, I thought that they were all very sincere. What seems to be going on now is something really different.
1: Yes, um, and at least I just opine on the national level. It just seems there's a, a greater um, separation. And so the, the middle boundary of reason where people come together and accept when somebody else has made a good point and then take that and own it because it's true, uh, that, that rational di- discussion of issues seems to not be happening, that it seems to be, at least maybe this has been for quite a while, that, you, that the parties are further apart. And don't feel they even need to be accurate any longer in what they say, and and that's really concerning. I don't think that's good for 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 our government at all. And so, and we see a little more of that at the local level, where where sometimes people are making comments and claims that you, you just know really are kind of far out there. Uh, maybe to believe that that sort of emphasizes their concern, and, and and we'll take that with a grain of salt. And so, um, so uh, I see a little of that, but I, I think for the most part, you know, I think it's it, it's a it's it's at least in Napa, I think it's it's not at all near a significant fraction of the population. I think the the majority of the population, and we've seen this through the surveys appreciates the wine industry. They appreciate having jobs. They recognize that traffic is an issue, but that's also part of our success is that Mm -hmm. people got to get to work and and that that means there's traffic. Um, I don't think there is nearly as much discontent. uh, In fact, I know there's not as much discontent uh, as one would uh, perhaps uh, believe based on some of the public comment that you hear.
0: Part of it also is this sense that there's an interesting catch-22 that seems to be it as I listen to some of these discussions at, at your meetings over the past several months. On the one hand, it's really important that the Napa lifestyle and all the things that go along with it are part of mar- the marketing success of the Napa Valley and keeping the Napa Valley brand and all the things that make things here so valuable. But in the eyes of a lot of people, there's a lot of resentment to that, even among people that that really don't necessarily personally reflect it, but need to put it out there because it's part of what we're selling. So there's there's an interesting dichotomy yeah. that seems to be going on there.
1: Um, okay, it, it's you know again when you hear a couple comments, you you sort of extend that to the entire population. When you see a survey, do you, how much do you read into that survey? Uh, I think the attitude uh, among the, our, at least my attitude, has always been you actually measure success by is this a good thing for Napa citizens. And, uh, you know, a strong economy is good for Napa citizens. Uh, the, uh, the Parks and Open Space District is good for Napa citizens. I think the Vine Trail will be good for Napa citizens. I think a successful wine industry is good for Napa citizens. It helps pay the bills, and, and they do a lot of good in our community. So I, know, I personally don't see the class warfare at all. Personally, I mean, in my view of how the world turns, um, but I hear that imposed as we talk about one group, you know, challenging another group. In right. Terms I mean, you of,
0: hear it at, you know, at the December eighth meeting. Right. You heard it. You heard it. So the I other hear day. it,
1: but you know, okay, you take it and you listen to it, and then you move on. And so, again, I don't think, although I, I think what I have seen though is then the other side reacts to it. Uh, perhaps stronger than they need to because they think it's a significant... And maybe they should take it seriously, but I think all of this, you just need to recognize that it seems to be uh, in our world today that people feel they need to essentially overstate their concern in order to be heard. And so they say it and, you know, you'd think the sky was falling kind of terms. and and uh, And I don't think that's helpful in terms of actually getting to a solution that everyone will agree to, but it does make the point that they're concerned.
0: And how is this playing out then as you see it? And obviously you're in the middle of this, but but you've made your positions clear on, on a few aspects of this. How it's playing out in terms of what may or may not change vis-a-vis regulation and the APAC recommendations, et yeah. cetera?
1: Well, I think APAC turned out to really be a success. Uh, we knew my concern, you know, back to, to March was, um, you know, we're We've been here 25 years. you were you're seeing winery proposals that really started to question what what really was a winery anymore, and um, and then we started to get data back that was somewhat surprising in terms of the amount of. Uh, uh, production that was in the valley and the like, and and you really began to question all of your assumptions as to mm-hmm. to what the drivers were in, in in going forward, and and ultimately what does the next twenty five years look like, um, and so uh, but we've taken that data in and and uh, and digested it, and then we've like you say, fresh perspective. We've listened to the concerns, and and yes, the motivations for moving forward are not the same as they were 25 years ago in many ways, and one way it is, we, we still have a great respect for our ag preserve, our agricultural uh, uh, economy, and and the protection of ag lands, but the drivers for the next winery to locate in our valley are, are a little different than they were 25 years ago, where we had very little uh, local production, and, and now we, we have a lot, and, and so and so initially, wells, what does that mean? Well, I think we we've heard what that means. The community's digested that. We still want to keep the door open for new entrepreneurs. We don't want to just arbitrarily close the door. And they've come up with this approach where they'd have a 20% envelope. You buy a 40-acre party uh, property. You could uh, build on uh, eight acres of that. And, and that sounds like, well, that's very relaxed. Well, that's not nearly what you could do today, where uh, today you can build on 25% of it, and you don't have to count all the residential infrastructure you've already built. So it's a significant uh, construction. Well, significant, more significant constraint in future development, yet I think it's very reasonable in terms of somebody entering the market to still have enough land to do what they need to do. So I guess that's a long story uh, to say that, you know, I think uh, we've demonstrated we continue to work together continue to come up with good ideas for charting the course of our future and despite uh some of the noise and i think this process has been very good at bringing some of the extremists if you will um back to the center as they've heard other people talk about these issues and uh and now they've got a greater understanding of all the pieces that that are are at play and uh and I think uh, it's been a very good exercise at just bringing a lot more people to the middle uh, compared to where they were before the process.
0: Do you think that the board in general, and, and I know I'm not you know asking you to speak for other people, but you have a sense of the board, has a really strong understanding of the realities of the wine business today the the issue was raised i don't know if it was in your meeting the other day or it was raised to me in another conversation somebody had about you know we have a board of supervisors none of whom are in the wine industry none of whom have been out there having to deal with distribution and and you know and all the other issues do you think that that there's a strong understanding of the realities of the business on on the part of the board well
1: absolutely Um, uh, I think uh, and and perhaps uh, even a, a stronger uh, awareness than they realize is so as we've uh you know we've done the great wine capitals traveled to different uh parts of the world where there are you know eight or nine similar regions around the world uh, we've looked at what they're doing uh you know one person at a time or basically over the last sure. couple of decades and and uh and so the board that members who have done that and all of us have at this point um You know, you you see how uh, things are regulated. You see how things are being successful. You're seeing what does or doesn't work in similar regions, which is really a different world than where we operate in. And you bring that back, and that brings perspective that perhaps not that many people in the Valley have. Um, I think, uh, no, we're not— is that, do we have any small business operators right now? Probably not. And But um, all of us have run campaigns, and that's almost like a small business okay. in terms of trying to raise money and and have a budget. And, of course, we've run the county for a long time where we've got to do a budget and the like. But it's, I, I admit it's not like a competitive small business where you're struggling uh, from to go uh, from uh, day to day, year to year. And so I, I can't say that we uh, feel their pain to the degree that they have it, but I think we certainly appreciate that that there are competitive concerns, um, that we have to be realistic about that, that there are regulatory burdens, and that to the degree possible, we need to um, remove unnecessary burdens. So, But at the same time, we need to keep our boundaries strong so that, you know, that People have a fair playing field that they're playing on. So, so there's a lot of issues that we need to balance, and they go beyond just being in the wine industry. I think being in the wine industry could actually give you blinders to some other issues that, that are the ba- necessary. The
0: balance, I suppose, is the regulatory burden as it has been. Versus the regulatory burden as it lines up with what the realities of the business are today with respect to distribution and marketing and all those things, which are different than they were if we were having this conversation 10 years ago.
1: Those realities are different. I mean, the state government continues to, to make new regulations. Uh, the water discharge uh, requirements are—wastewater are, uh, discharge requirements are, are coming down. And, and uh, so they're burdened with more and more regulations all the time. Um, they're burdened with a competitive market that's grown up around them. I mean, we've been successful, but so have a lot of other regions. And uh, today's success does not guarantee tomorrow's success. Right. And so— so uh, we recognize that, and I'm hoping, actually, I think we've got some ideas out of this APAC process of trying to uh, maybe make things a little easier. We, we've been, uh, Visitation's been a big issue, and I think it's been uh, one where, um, in the past, there's those who believe believed that this was a, a good metric for trying to control traffic, and, and I think the reality is that counting heads at a particular winery probably has no impact on what's going on on the road outside, and so. And so rather than burdening people with doing that and beating them up over the head when they've been successful and had a few more visitors than they anticipated, uh, we would like to move to a more traditional model of let's manage parking, let's manage trip counts, let's manage the, the mm-hmm. things that actually are a measure of the impacts that we're trying to reduce and uh, and allow them to do their business um, and uh, be creative in how they do that. So. So I think we're all scratching our heads to ask ourselves how can we move forward in a way that is actually easier to comply and yet more meaningful um, than perhaps we've done in the past. But um, uh, without a doubt, uh, and being in California and being in the wine industry, it's, it's a very complex area.
0: If there was one subject that seemed to have for a long time no controversy around it, it was the vine trail. Yeah. It was like motherhood and apple right. pie. It was something everybody could agree to. And yet here we are today, there are issues surrounding it. Well, there are
1: issues, and uh, we just had that hearing. Right. And I think you saw a board of supervisors who was very much uh, in favor of seeing the vine trail happen right. without uh, delay. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's important to hear those who are most directly impacted and make sure we've considered their concerns, considered if there's alternatives Around those concerns, and uh, ultimately address their concerns without necessarily compromising on the community's interests of of moving this thing forward. So, um, but it's and I guess you've been here long enough. You you see this, and so it's 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 okay that people come up and say, you know, you can't do the vine trail because of this reason. Well. Okay, I, I heard you, um, and so there are those on the other side who are very discouraged by it. And said, "Look, you just you just need to take this with a grain of salt. We, we need to hear what they've got to say. We need to ask ourselves: Is there something we can do to help mitigate this issue? And then we need to move forward. And it's just what we do. And so, so I'm not surprised by having somebody. In fact, I'm surprised there isn't more resistance. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that they're able to almost get this thing all the way to Saint Helena, or I mean, uh, Cal in the time that that they've done this. It's a really quite an amazing story. So um so but to the, that there's somebody who's got some concerns because it goes in their backyard uh, that's that's to be understood
0: mm-hmm. after the apac issues kind of fade away and, th- and that happens and and you know that certainly probably is maybe a year or so away before that dust settles right. and the vine trail moves on what are the other issues that you see as you look towards another potential four years on the board? Mm-hmm. What are the other issues you see that, that are out there that, that you're concerned about?
1: Well, it would be nice if we've settled APAC, because I mean, this is, you know, sometimes you're just looking at the big wave in front of you, and, and it's hard to see beyond what that is. So I have to. I'm just talking out loud to get myself past Mm -hmm. APAC, get past the Vine Trail, which now is built and people are enjoying. Uh, We'll still have traffic issues. I guess we'll always have those. We've we've got some South County issues that that need to get addressed in American Canyon, and uh, uh, more on a regional level, we're working on Highway 37, which is a really significant connector uh, east-west, and the vulnerability that is, has, and when that Highway if and we saw that uh, a year or two ago when they were paving it, when that highway is closed it 's a parking lot in the north Bay, so those are some of the things that uh, at a regional level i 'll participate in working on um, there's nothing guaranteed you know you, i can we can talk about all the issues we 're talking about today, but those may have nothing to do with the issues we 're talking about tomorrow there there's uh, earthquakes. Fires, floods, uh, uh, man-made disasters, uh, economic disasters, um, all those things. uh, That's why this job is never the same. Every year is is different. So some of the things that won't change is a continued discipline around budgeting. Uh, We've got to build a jail, uh, so we're we're working on that, but we're going to do it within our means. Um, And uh, so continued uh, discipline budgeting, continued interest in – uh, protecting agriculture continued interest in supporting uh, people in their economic advancement and uh, uh, continue to deal with the housing issues the work proximity housing being I think a very effective program but looking at other options in terms of rental and, and how we can support that um, so the list of general concerns uh, is the same I noticed the uh, you know that the bullet item list I could that I used when I ran for city council in 1990 uh, I could post today and it's just as relevant in terms of you know the the big picture issues of of uh, discipline around uh, those the issues I just mentioned and so so those priorities will stay the same the actual issues will clearly evolve as we solve one and then move on to the next so
0: how should we pay for the jail
1: that's uh, ideally state grants (laughs) so we're going to continue to work on that um and we're saving up for it we've got the county is uh, every time we get a few extra dollars from whatever the economy improves or whatever we're we're putting in our capital outlay fund so uh we you know of course we bought the health and human services new campus with Mm -hmm. cash and, and so that's an example of the same kind of fiscal discipline that we've had in the past and And it continues to be underway. And if we have a really successful few years in terms of the economic recovery, we we may be able to pay for it out of our own cash reserves. I'm not saying we will. Uh, We'll be looking for various financing opportunities. Uh, The reason is because having a jail is critical. life safety and if somebody's beating somebody up they need to go to jail and that means we need to have space to put them in and so um and so we we've got to solve that problem we've been very creative about how we've managed it um and but it is a problem that needs to be solved
0: and is a bond issue something the county should look at or a parcel tax we're looking at it
1: uh i you know and you you can comment on whether you think two-thirds of the population is going to tax themselves to build a new jail. And so we can look at that. We can propose it. But ultimately, the voters are going to vote on it. And if the answer is yes, great. If the answer is no, we we can't assume the answer is going to be yes. And so we have to continue to work on, if you will, all other approaches. So, yeah.
0: And are you as excited and enthused about this campaign after doing this for uh, four previous times? I can't is, say uh, that I'm ever enthused about a campaign.
1: It. <laughs> so, so it's not, you know, I'm not the guy who likes to have fundraisers at all. Uh, you know, my fundraisers only happen about every four years, because it's just not something that's, uh, I mean, Bill Dodd, he seems to just <laughs> love it, you know? He's got to be at Bill's fundraiser, and so and that's great, and we're all wired differently, and that's why Bill's doing what he's doing today. Um, and so, but that's not me, and, and no, I don't enjoy the process of uh, having to raise funds but it's necessary in order to like we're doing today uh, communicate to the public about you know what the issues are and hey don't forget i've been here working for you and we've done some good things so don't just throw me out in the street because you, you didn't know that and um and so uh and to do that you got to raise some money to mail some stuff and 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 get things out to people so that they can make an informed decision so
0: and finally, before I let you go, and you brought up, the, and we, you and I have talked about regional issues a lot, talk about it with respect to city and county, and yeah. is that working as well as it should? I mean, you've been on both sides. Yeah. You were on the City Planning Commission, you were on the City Council, yeah. and obviously you've been on the board for, for almost 20 years now. How could that work better, and, and is there overlap? Could we do things that are more efficient in all of that?
1: You know, I would argue that it's actually working very well. There are those who are saying it isn't, but I challenge them to point to specific issues because we work together on all kinds of issues. We have a joint powers authority on uh, the sanitation district, and that's why we have a reclaimed water project. We work together on the Napa flood control project, uh, and that's why we have a successful project there. We all work together on the Napa transportation, Napa Valley Transportation Authority now, and, and we've had a lot of success in that avenue Uh, we work together on housing um uh, on homelessness uh you know we the county is pretty much in charge of health and human services and and so um i'm really having to scratch my head to say well where's an issue that we needed to work together that we haven't worked together well I, i think sometimes the the issue tends to be um boundary issues again. What's my job versus your mm-hmm. job? And sometimes I think we have a city council, if I could say, that wants to make county decisions for us. Um, and uh, that sometimes is a frustration to them. Um, but um, but I respect uh, what my job is, and I respect what their job is. And, and I think, and, and I just challenge anybody, where are we not working together well? Uh, so that well, then if we need to work there, we will, because we've got a long history of working together on on many, many different issues uh, and being very successful at it.
0: Napa County Supervisor Mark Luce, candidate for re-election once again in District 2 for the county. Mark, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate Appreciate it. it.